G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We have to look after ourselves so that we can be the nurturers in the family. We need to put ourselves as equal as others. We love our neighbour as ourselves. Mm. Yeah. So if we're putting ourselves to the bottom of the list and looking after everyone else, we haven't got anything with which to serve our family, to mm-hmm. serve those around us. Are you a woman or married to a woman or you even know of a woman who needs to be refreshed and encouraged? Peter Salk here is a life coach and motivational speaker. She has helped countless people experience greater peace, better relationships, communication skills, time management, inner self-confidence, and self-image. She has a heart for encouraging women in their God-given identity. That's Peter Salk here, our guest today with my wife Kate and myself, Brett Ryan, for Focus on the Family, Australia. Welcome, Peter, to the program. Thank you for having me. You are a, quite an accomplished woman. You've been a fashion designer. You've been a teacher. You've been a pastor. You're also doing life coaching. You do it all. Have you been successful in every area of your life? Oh, what a question, Brett. I think God has helped me get through all these things and, and achieve these things. But uh, no, I couldn't have done it on my own. But am I a success? Look, I'm a success if I'm hanging on to God. Yeah. And so what's your family dynamic? Okay, I'm married to David of uh, 36 years. We've been together, married, and we have two grown kids. Our son lives in Beijing and our daughter lives in Alice Springs, so they're not around us, but we're all Christian. We love the Lord. My husband was a Hindu, came to the Lord at 17, and when we met, I was a very unchurched, unsaved young woman. And he was a porter in a hotel. Oh, wow. <laughs> Studying. He's Mauritian. And uh, yeah, so he visited me in Melbourne and took me to the old Richmond Temple, Bridge Church. It's yep. on a new name now. And uh, yeah, I got saved, radically saved. You know, God had been after me for a long time, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, that's when I've met the Lord and. My life has never been the same since. Fantastic. And you live a very busy life. I do. So many people will be hearing this and going, oh, it's all right for her. But it's so important for women and men in general to care for themselves. So do you want to unpack that a little bit more? Yes, yes. Look, we need to look after ourselves because there's one temple that God's given us. There's uh, one direction and calling he's given us or maybe several but certainly just the one person to do it and he's given us what we need and particularly for women the nurturing instinct is very strong that we care for people but we can become controlling in that care so that can be a bit of a danger for women and the marriage unit so we have to watch that as women and we have to really look after ourselves and put some things in place that mean that we care for ourselves so that we can care for others. Yeah, look, when I was reading out the list at the beginning of all the things you've done, um, and even Brett speaking about them, being in ministry, counselling, teaching, you weren't doing all these things at once. No, but I have done a lot of them together. 
Right. Well, yeah. that would have been exhausting. Yes, yes. And I think that's what we feel as women yes. that we need to do. You know, we've got to be doing everything. Yes, so yes. So how do you empower women when you're talking to them yes. and encouraging them, how do you empower them to move forward and not feel like they have to be everything to everyone? Well, I talk to women about self-care. It's a very big area that many women don't think about. They it tends think to be last on the list, doesn't it? Mm, we put ourselves last on the list because we have to do the kids, we have to do the husband, the cooking, the shopping, we have to do whatever we have to do in our life, working as well. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? And then we're first and you're last. Yeah, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> thanks, Brett. Yeah, thanks for putting that out. <laughs> so we have to look after ourselves so that we can be the nurturers in the family. We need to put ourselves as equal as others, we love our neighbour as ourself. Mm. Yeah. So if we're putting ourselves to the bottom of the list and looking after everyone else, we haven't got anything with which to serve our family, to mm-hmm. serve those around us. So we need to look after ourselves. I'm sure a lot of people will be out there going, but when I do things for myself, I feel selfish. Look, I hear that all the time mm. from women that I work with. Uh, that's not selfish. To have a 10-minute break every so often in the day to put your feet up, to have some time with God in the morning, that's not selfish. Mm. To be replenished, to be refreshed is absolutely necessary so that we can overflow to those others in our lives. And so it's actually being selfless because you're going to be a better version of yourself to do all those things that you need to do as a wife or a mother and uh, as a woman to try and do all things. So what would you say to women who say... You know, women, we can do it all now. We can do it all, but when we do it all, we can fall in a heap because we're doing too much. We think we should do it all, but actually we have to have the calling from God to do what we're meant to do. What is it God's calling you to do? Is it a full-time homemaker that is a worthy occupation? Mm. Is it a homemaker and an entrepreneur? Okay, how is that going to look? What support are you going to get? What help are you going to get so that you can do more than one different role in your life? Yeah, so prioritising is so important. And I think, too, when we look at the role of of a wife and mother, etc., we can fall into that trap of doing none of it well because we've overstretched ourselves Mm. and Mm. then choosing what are the most important things in our life that we want to do well and how that looks. Look, I talk to people about urgent and important. Yeah. And the urgent things are going to happen. The washing, cleaning your teeth, going to the toilet, (laughs) having your shower, getting the kids' school books, all those things. There's some degree of importance in all those things, but they are urgent. They are going to happen. But what are the important things? What has God called you to do? And as women, if we get that, or as men, if we get that from the Lord, this is what I've called you to do. This is important. It may not be urgent today or this week, Mm. but it still needs to be put in place somewhere very high up on that to-do list that you might have, whatever system that looks like for you because it's important it's what you've been called to do so for women we know perhaps what we've been called to do but how do we do it so i'm still working with a woman who had a calling for women but she didn't know what that looked like and this was pre-lockdown so she came to me she had some other things that we worked through first But she had an idea that she took to the pastor and the pastor didn't really seem to have much time for it. So tail between her legs, 
she came away and came to our session. Well, he wasn't too interested in that. Now we're in lockdown, right? I said, well, okay, let's just go back to the drawing board and see God and see what he's saying. So we worked through all of that during lockdown. And at the end of lockdown, she came up a stronger woman. Yeah, mm. She was working from home and homeschooling her kids at the same time. And she was able to impart into her children and her children began to flourish. Mm -hmm. And as she's doing that, she's getting more of an idea about mothers and kids, boundaries with kids. Mm. And so she read that book and she thought, oh, that would be awesome to do. So she sent a little email to the pastor. Not too much was coming back during Mm -hmm. lockdown. And so she came to me and she said, I think that's what I'm meant to do. I really feel called to do this. So lockdown was for her helpful in that she was able to get down before God, put all her ideas aside, not what she thought her ministry Mm. might look like, but what God was calling her to do. And it was doing something with children and women who may not be Christians, but who want to know how to look after their kids and how to have good boundaries with their kids. Mm. After lockdown, pastor said, we've got to get together about that course. I would love you to do that. So what had happened? Her heart had softened. God had given her time through lockdown to actually hear from him very Mm. clearly. And the time was not right earlier, but the time was now right. Well, the lockdown has actually enabled us to slow down Mm. and to prioritize and the ability to say no because the no was already there for us. And we've got a different rhythm. And working together as a husband and wife, I think a key to all of the success of being the woman that God has called you to be is to have a man that's going to be supportive of you of that. Not to say that you know women by themselves can't be that, but if you are married, how do you go through the process of making sure or trying to encourage your husband to be supportive of your God-given desires and passions? Our husband might not get it. And in a way, I could say that my husband didn't really get it. He has always wanted me to work more in his entrepreneurial business and I have always felt the calling of God. So that's been a little bit of a challenge and I have always thought, okay, I need to submit to my husband. That's what the Bible says. However, I need to submit to my God even before that. So God, what are you saying about what I need to do? So I have followed that and my husband has then seen and recognized the call on my life and has come through to be supportive yeah. in the ministry that God's called me to. So we always have to obey the Lord first. And if mm. that's something different to what our husband is saying, we are called to do that. And it takes a woman who is really getting down and praying before the Lord and really seeking God to be able to then bring that to her husband. Yeah. yeah. This is what I feel God's saying, and I recognize that you're saying this to me, and I really would love to do that, but I feel that God wants me to do this. Now, just interestingly enough, 35 years down the track, my husband and I are now doing some things together mm. in his business. Yeah. yeah. So it's taken a bit of a journey for me to go into that ministry, for him to come and support that, and for now me to be able to support him in some of the things he's doing. I think, too, part of the prayer and all of that is that God will speak to our spouse yes, uh, about what he has in store for us so that you're traveling together, and that can take time. I think when people go into ministry, there's an assumption that the spouse will go with them. 
you know, the two for one mentality. Yes. We need to be careful with that because that's not always the other person's calling. And so I remember when Brett went into kids ministry and there was the assumption that I would go with him when he went to other churches to speak. And we had decided that I would be at home with the children because we didn't want our children to become casualties of ministry. So that was a decision we made. And yet that was a prayer point because was that Brett's expectation that I went and he he wanted me to go and run life groups in Kidsman? And I said, I'll do it for a year, but I actually don't feel called to that. I've been called to be a teacher. And so, you know, we prayed about that and that was then him releasing me and going, yes, I believe that that is right for you. You need to go and do what God's called you to do. Mm, yeah. And that whole prayer thing as a team yes. and working that way rather than pulling against each other. Our guest today is Peter Sorkia for Focus on the Family, Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. I'm Brett Ryan. Peter Salk here is a life coach and motivational speaker. She has helped countless people experience greater peace, better relationships, communication skills, time management, inner self-confidence and self-image. How would you suggest for women whose husbands stand their ground? How do you approach that? We often think that our husband is going to come alongside us and agree, and sometimes that's not the case. And you may or may not have a praying husband. Mm. You may have an unchurched husband. Yes. So that's another dynamic. Yes. I think the way that we approach our husbands is very important. Mm. If we approach our husbands with a negative, you're not doing this for me and you're not supportive, you're just going to end the conversation. You yeah. may as well not even go there. Mm. But if a woman comes to her husband, churched or unchurched, with a respectful manner, allowing him to have an input and some words of his opinion, whatever they are, that's going to give him a feeling that he's respected and that his opinion is valuable. Mm. So that's really important. And then the second part is if you're really feeling that God is calling you to this and husband, church or unchurch, doesn't get that, you mentioned the prayer together. This is something that I find in the church is sadly lacking. Mm. <laughs> and I can talk to pastors, I can talk to people in leadership in church. Are they praying together? And very often, no, they're not. Mm. So if you're both churched, you're both saved, you both love the Lord, praying together is the strongest, most impacting thing you can do. Mm. For the woman out there who's saying, I want that to happen, my husband won't step up. He won't lead mm. in that area. I hear that a lot. So what I say to them and what I've done in my own marriage is I help them lead in that area. I've yep. helped my husband lead in that area. So I just started. So it's not nagging. No. It's empowering them to yes. be the best that they can possibly be. Yes. It's not saying you should do this and you don't do this. Mm. That's disrespectful. And he's now got his back up and he's not going to do it. He feels mm. like a failure. Your husband needs to believe that you believe in him. Mm. Yeah. And that he is God's gift to you. So if you start with that tack 
he's not going to believe that and he's going to fall in a bit of a heap and then not be able to rise up. So as a woman says, you know what, let's just hold hands and pray about this, about our kid. Let's just pray about that. And so as you do that, that one little prayer, that starts something. Yeah. Mm. So with my husband, I said, let's just pray about this. Let's pray at night. So we started to do the night thing. Let's go for a walk and pray. So we go around a couple of blocks and we pray for everything. Let's do this. So now my husband over these years has been leading in that area. But I had to help, encourage, support him to stand up and be the strong prayer warrior that he actually is Mm. with his wife. Yeah. Yeah. People are listening to this and going, gee, that sounds all very well. It yes. sounds very peaceful and and everyone's cooperating. What would you say to someone who's saying that there isn't that peace in their household and there is that tension? I read in some of the notes that you've got a sort of a strategy, if you like, BSB. Do you yes. want to unpack yes. what that looks yes. like? Yes, We need peace. Men, women of God, we need peace. Mm. So if there isn't any peace in your home, and I always say about our marriage that the first 20 were the worst because <laughs> it was really rough. We nearly mm. split at 20 years. So I've been where it's terrible and we are together and we are better now as a result of those hard times. Yeah. So there's a bit of a, an itch at seven years and there's a bit of a difficult time at 20. So to get through that, if you're a woman who your home is not peaceful, the BSB is something that I've come up with as a result of going through burnout in my own life and having stress and trying to do everything. Yeah. Mm. As a pastor, as an educator, as a mother, one time we were renovating and we were building and we'd moved out. There was just so much going on and I went through burnout. Mm. Yeah. So I cried out to the Lord and I felt he answered me and said, you need to hang out with me every hour for 10 minutes. And I thought, I'm a pastor. How can I do that? Mm. <laughs> Who's got time? <laughs> yeah. But hey, who hasn't got time not to hang out with God regularly, mm. really, when you get what you need? So I started to do that 12, 13 years ago. And God taught me through that process over couple of years and now I've rolled this out to perhaps thousands of women mm. where I've spoken and taught and online and I've just come up with a little acronym which is BSB so it's like your bank account the BSB yes. <laughs> but it's the peace account the BSB is your peace account so it's B stands for breathe and S stands for surrender and then the B the last one is just be so let me just unpack those a little bit so the first one is breathe So every breath is a gift from God. Mm. And when God made man, he didn't come alive until God breathed life into him. Mm. So there was man, but he wasn't alive. So every breath that we take is a gift from God. And we need to recognize that. So the first part of BSB is just breathe. Now, I teach people how to diaphragmatically breathe Mm. because otherwise we're starved. Our brain is starving if we're not breathing correctly. And most of us don't. Mm. So as we breathe from our diaphragm, we can really fill up our lungs and then let that out and we start to get oxygen coming into our brain, enough oxygen so we can think clearly. Mm. So it's really important to, if you're feeling stressed, just to breathe slowly and deeply from your belly, really quite slowly and it's going to make a difference. So that's the first thing, breathe. Second one is surrender. You know, we're control freaks, women. So we do tend to want to control our husbands. So when in the Old Testament it was told to women that we will desire our husbands as a result of um, the sin nature, we will desire our husbands. If you look at the 
Hebrew, it's desire control of our husbands. Mm. So that's very pointed, isn't it? That we women want to be in control. And we might feel that our husband is a little bit passive. I think the feminist movement might have bashed men. And so men are quite nervous about standing up and taking on their role of authority, Mm. godly authority in the home. And I think that's unfortunate that we women have done that to our men. I'm not saying that you or you or women out there, but in a way we do joke about men, mere Mm. men, Mm. mere males, the Reader's Digest, mere. You know, so there's this expectation that men just can't think well. Is that because the word authority is misused? Yes. They don't understand the spiritual context of submitting one to another. So how would you present that? Yeah, we are to submit one to another. So sometimes the husband has to submit. Sometimes the wife has to submit. Mm. So there is this submission. I remind my husband of that sometimes. We are both (laughs) to submit, my darling. Mm. (laughs) And overall, the submission for the husband is under the authority of God. Mm. And overall, the final say, the authority is the husband's. Mm. So the wife can come under that. And that's the godly order. Mm. Now, it's been taken out of context historically uh, where women are supposedly subservient, and that's not correct. No. No. That's not how the Bible was actually meant for that to be the case. There are women in the Bible who started churches, who ran churches. Mm. So women have always had a very strong role in the Bible. Mm. So there is that godly authority, but we all need to submit to God initially at the beginning. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I think we can get caught up saying, oh, we're not just going to listen to the man. But that's not the point. It's a sticking point for a lot of women. But it also becomes a sticking point for the man who thinks he can control. Yes. Like that's his right then because it says, wives, submit to your husbands. But they don't then go on to read the next portion Mm. and it's taken out of context and it's so important to get that right and not just pick and choose the bit you want or else it can come into quite a religious spirit where they think they can control. Absolutely. And that's the next part, as you are referring to, is in Ephesians where – The husband loves his wife like his own body. Mm. And so he loves her so much that he listens to her. He regards her. Her input is so important. And that's so important for us in marriage that we can come together and we can be a complete whole. Yeah, we complement each other. We complement each other. So I remind my husband, you are absolutely amazing at getting the jobs done and you dot your eyes and cross your T's, you're amazing at that. I flit around and do all this, but I do have the intuitive. So we are meant to compliment our husband. So that's how now, after all these years, we can now work together yeah. in his business because we've worked through all this stuff that's been hard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a complementary relationship. It's not one lording over the other. No. And it's not one submitting absolutely and being downtrodden yeah. under the other. It's a partnership. I like going back to the Bible where it says, husbands love your wives, wives respect your husbands. And just in that, it tells you how important it is to a husband to have your respect. And when you don't give that, the breakdown in the relationship occurs because respect is so important to a man. Yes, sometimes... 
husbands might seem to fly off the handle for some strange reason. And certainly in the, our first 20 years, it was like that. And I think, what's gone on there? Mm. But now we can talk about these things as we've been through the hard yards. And I'll say to him, did I disrespect you in that comment? And he'll say, yes, you did. And I don't know that I've done that, mm. but I've said something that has disrespected his authority or disrespected his opinion. Mm. And so I'll say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. So I think wives tend to think that respect is love. And I think that husbands tend to think that love is respecting. Mm. So husbands might give their wives some space, thinking that's respectful, but wives want their husbands to come and say, darling, are you okay? Mm. So that's love. Mm. So we tend to get the love and respect mixed up in our minds because we are created so very differently, yes. <laughs> because we think so differently. It'd be great if there was a manual specifically for how to relate to each other. Well, there is. There's the Bible. But mm. we have to, <laughs> we have to yes. delve, don't we? I, you, I was going to say it takes the delving in and being prepared to do the hard work. Nothing that's really worth having is simple. That's right. We have only just touched the surface. Would you like to come back as a guest for a second time? I'd love to. Thank you. Yes. Peter Sorkia was our guest today from Melbourne, Australia. Her website is peter, that's P-E-T-A, empoweringyou.com. For more great resources on womanhood and the mum comparison and the importance of self-care, go to our website at families.org.au. Our mission is to make Christ known as we strengthen relationships in Australian families. If we can be of any service to you, please do not hesitate contacting us. On behalf of Kate and the rest of the team here at Focus, I'm Brett Ryan, and we look forward to you tuning in again for another edition of Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.